0: check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it.
1: 20th Century Fox presents Phantom of the Paradise A gothic horror story What with that? A beautiful love story A cinematic odyssey through the rock universe From Greece To glitter and beyond. (laughs) The story of a sound, the man who created it, the girl who sang it, the monster who stole it, and the phantom who haunts the paradise, the ultimate rock palace. Phantom of the paradise. My music is for Phoenix, only she can sing it. Anyone else that tries, dies. Phoenix, Phoenix. Well, you told me one time that you'd be somebody, that you weren't working just to survive. B.
2: Man, you better get yourself a castrato for this.
1: Paul Williams as Swan.
2: I want you to stop terrorizing the paradise and rewrite your cantata.
1: And the Phantom Stop. And me up. Only you might satisfy me! Phantom of the Paradise. There really is the Phantom, Phantom, Phantom.
0: I, I hear that. Hello, Welcome. Joey. Welcome, yo. Are you there?
3: I am here.
0: I'm here too. We're all there good. There you go.
3: Yes, we are. So. So. We we uh we took a week off after we had done what nine episodes oh, in sweet. like three weeks.
0: Sweet Jesus, yes.
3: I mean, we really fucking nailed that one. We hit it right out of the park. Uh, we did all the best pictures, all eight. We, we had done Nightcrawler the week before uh, to kick everything off. And then, and then actually, if you think about it, it's ten episodes in, uh, in three, uh, almost four weeks. In A little less weeks. than four weeks. But we, oh. we kicked it off with Nightcrawler to start it off. Then we did all eight best pictures. Then we did the Oscar show. And we had did the, the last best picture, uh, which was the imitation game. And then that Sunday we did... The Oscar show, where Scott came to my house. Which, if you haven't listened to that yet, you should, because, um, uh, because I had mentioned awesome. A, well, I had mentioned a couple of episodes ago. It's one of the rare times that Scott and I have recorded a show in the same room, because we do it like this every week through Skype. Yeah. So the last time we we actually got together was the last Oscar episode, which is the one that where Scott and I were drinking the whole show. Uh, Which, that, that was three years ago. We have not been in the same room to record in three years, if you can believe that.
0: I don't. I think you're lying. I'm not. Okay, never mind.
3: <laughs> so, uh, we, uh, what we tried to do, actually, we tried to review Fifty Shades of Grey. And
0: Well, that was the intention.
3: The, neither, of, neither of us were able to, to see it. So, what we decided to do was to review the film we intended to review which is Phantom of the Paradise, the 1974 film by Brian De Palma. Right. Who, for all intents and purposes, I actually like Brian De Palma.
0: De Palma's hit and miss.
3: Over the last uh, 15 years or so, he's been very miss. (laughs) Just about everything he's he's done has sucked giant dick. Um, We can go over that a little later. Oh, yes. But the beginning of his career... Uh, the beginning of his career, even films like Blowout, which isn't the greatest film around, but you have to respect like the filming style. He was trying
0: new things. Well, you don't have to, but it'd be nice. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, he no, did. you
3: don't have to, but yes, it would be nice. Sorry. No, it's okay. So anyway, uh, this is a little film that he did in 1974. Uh, One of the first feature films he he ever did, probably the one, if I'm not mistaken, got him the most notoriety, which then uh, was able to allow him to make uh, The Carry a couple years later.
0: Well, if if by notoriety you mean it bombed. Uh,
3: yeah. No, I I thought, well, it became a cult classic.
0: Cult classic, but at the time, everyone hated it.
3: As they should have.
0: <laughs> no, it, it was a huge flop, uh, especially for all the struggle they put into it. Uh, it was only recognized, you know, like years later, it just kept on coming up, and it, it gained a cult following. It was actually uh, the the book, the movie book series, cult cult films, volumes one, two, and three. I believe is in volume two. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's officially a cult film. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it uh, was not received well. I hate to. I'm not trying to contradict you there, but.
3: One thing I want to I wanna bring up very quickly, and I don't remember, because I saw this, the last time I saw this before uh, for this review, I was a kid. I was maybe pushing my teenage years, if that. And I, I, I remembered absolutely despising this film when I was a kid. But I now have the Blu-ray of it, and that's what I'm playing in the background for everyone to see. Did they always have the, like in the beginning of the film where it said the juicy fruits on the marquee where it looked like it was superimposed?
0: That bad matting. Yeah, there's a whole story behind that. That okay. has always been there. Because I
3: don't remember that as a kid. Maybe because when I was watching it, it was on, you know, a 4 3 aspect television with shitty quality and it was grainy. You couldn't tell. Yeah. But in Blu ray, you know, it's remastered. It looks gorgeous. It's like it really stands out.
0: That that's definitely what it is. Uh, I, I didn't remember it back then either. Only upon repeated viewings later in life that I start noticing. What's with this crappy little man? And you'll see it like in about a, a dozen other places in the film. Uh, what happened yeah. was uh, Led Zeppelin fucked over uh, De Palma in the uh, in the film. Swan's label was going was supposed to be Swan Swan Song Records. Oh. And okay. then while they're making the film, Led Zeppelin starts their their uh their logo called Swan Song.
3: Yeah, and they also had a song called Swan and, Song.
0: And Led Zeppelin said, "No, you can't do that." Uh, <laughs> and they it, it was one of those things where the film was already over budget. It was you know, it was already they didn't have the money to begin with and to to, to take it to court, they could have won. But they really? didn't have the time or the resources to actually take it to court. So Led Zeppelin cocksuckers forced their hand. And if you have, if you get the Blu-ray special edition from the uh, Shout Factory, God bless those people.
3: Which is the trailer I showed. I thought I'd give them a little oh, shout-out.
0: They deserve it. It's a beautiful... Uh, I, I don't buy many Blu-rays these days. I bought that one. Uh, they have a great documentary on the making of it. And they have a whole thing just on... That whole fiasco, and they have original masters that they show of what the scenes would have looked like if they hadn't had to cut things out. Uh, one of the things they were trying to do in the film was every time there was a, a establishing shot, it was supposed to start from a camera that was owned by Swan, by, by Swan. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, they're on a st- or or you start on a street sign that was Swan Swan Song Lane or something like that. So the whole idea was every shot was in the shadow of Swan. And it would start on that and then pan down or or pan over, and they had to cut a lot of that because it was all based around Swan Song, oh. uh, and it, it actually changed the structure of the film in a, in a little a little ways. Uh, you know, they they had to cut things out that they that were thematically important to the film, uh, and then the, and again these the shitty mats they had in there, like you know, in interviews De Palma goes back says I hate it, it's horrible. We wish we hadn't had to do it. You know, they they, they couldn't even afford to do it well you know, they had to slap them in there. So there's a, you, there's a lot of this. If you, once you know that and you watch it, you'll see them everywhere, and you'll notice scenes where it's like, wow, that was cut a bit, you know, that was cut oddly. That's because of that.
3: Huh. Yeah. Yeah, there, in re-watching this, I did notice that there were a few abrupt cuts, and it just seemed weird. Um, and it just it it just it didn't play properly in my head, and as you mentioned now, that's... Why I noticed it?
0: I don't think I noticed it at all until uh, I revisited the film later in life on DVD, <clears throat> and that was like one of the first times. Like at the beginning, where it says the juicy fruits, is like, wow, that plastered on there. Why did they do that? They, they it's the- so
3: vibrant and just so clear yeah. in, the, in the Blu-ray remaster. It it actually looks like something that would be done nowadays to save money, and because it can be done on a fucking Mac,
0: but it, and it would have done so much better than that. So. Sure, yeah. And, and that's just one of the... I mean, this is one of those films that, like, when you hear about the what, what happened, and th- you know, there was uh, this whole cast, the casting nightmares, where there were, like, 20 different people up for all these roles, and they didn't even know who was going to play stuff until the film actually started. A lot of that stuff going on. It was just a very hectic uh, production. It's one of those things where you can't really appreciate how great the film is until you realize just how hard it was for them to shit it out. <laughs> just, yeah, just, well. just just you know it was just it was just a painful rock hard turd the entire way (laughs) uh and that you know it's it's not a pretty metaphor but it kind of makes the point um but yeah that's that's the reason behind that
3: well i'll tell you what As a kid despised this movie hated it hated everything about it as an adult maybe it's because i'm getting older Maybe it's because we review so many shitty movies uh, that I'm my palate for it has not numbed. That's not it at all. It's that I can genuinely tell a shit movie when I see it. Uh, Phantom of the Paradise is not is not that. Do, did I did I enjoy it? Not really. Do I despise it like when I was a kid? Not at all. Um, so it, it's it's. It's a review that I think I thought I was going to have more hatred towards the film. But it's... I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still things I don't like. Um, like, for all right. instance... Well, I'll tell you what. Hold uh, on. All right.
0: yeah. Before we go to what you don't like... How come uh, you, uh, we lost video on you? I turned it off temporarily because I was doing horrible things to my face. Oh, um, okay. I'm better now. <laughs> uh, before we get on what you don't like about the film... Okay. Uh, you, you say, I love this movie. I'm passionately in love with this film. I could watch this film over and over, much to the detriment of those uh, around me. When you say you don't care for it, mm-hmm. but that means you don't hate it, tell me what you did like.
3: What I did like? Yes. I, I loved, loved Paul Williams in this movie. <laughs> I just, for whatever reason, I just remembered not liking... Maybe maybe not, not liking him when I was a kid growing up, but he was always you know with the Muppets and everything, and I always loved the Muppets. So I, I don't think that's what I didn't like when I was a kid. But as an adult looking back, rewatching this, Paul Williams is awesome in this movie. His his performance, his deliverance, uh, for for all, all the scenes that he's in are excellent. He is great, and I just I really like them in this. Um, I hated the girl though,
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and you know what I found infuriating about her? What? The way she dances. <laughs> F- it's infuriating. That
0: whole, that whole, that whole dance. De- <laughs> what
3: she like in a fucking hoedown? I mean, that's what that was.
0: It's the seventies.
3: No, nobody danced like that in the seventies. <laughs> it's a fucking chicken dance meets heroin. I mean, it was. I'd rather watch Elaine from Seinfeld doing that shitty dance that she does over this. Man. Uh, but no. Um, I liked some of the music. I've never really been a Paul Williams fan uh, as far as music, his well, music.
0: You know what? It, when you talk about, like, as a kid, you, 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 rec- you saw Paul Williams and you recognized him. He was in the Muppet movie. He was on the Muppet yeah. show. But as children, we didn't understand who he was as a professional. Uh, the fact that he was a songwriter uh, that just became this kind of uh, mogul, if you will, or icon uh, right. that was doing talk shows that we didn't watch as children uh, and, you know, behind all these all, all these album, you know, all these songs. He was just you know, all these singers and, uh, you know, uh, just kind of discovered or taken into the limelight by the Carpenters when they heard one of his songs on a commercial. Uh, and I mean, th- there's a there's a great documentary about him now out there. Uh, and yeah,
3: I, as a matter of fact, he was on, uh, uh, it's not Opie and Anthony anymore, it's actually Opie and Jim Norton now, he was on there uh, talking about it, and, uh, and, and when I, he I, did, I, I, I want to I actually see it.
0: I'm, I'm blanking on the name of it, it's like, I'm not dead, or I'm still here, or, God, and it's pissing me off that I, I'm suddenly, because I've seen it. Uh, I have my problems with the, with the documentary, because, uh, I, I think I discussed it on another show, where the documentary the person making the documentary makes the film about him instead of about Paul Williams that's right you did mention that yeah it was like oh he's oh yeah it's like it's bound this friendship of ours like, I don't give a fuck about your friendship with Paul I just want to yeah. know more about him can we can we not it, it, it's 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 okay at the beginning and kind of cute and by the by the last half of the film you're just like I, I really didn't sign up for this I, I wanted a natural documentary not a uh,
3: uh, Paul Williams still alive.
0: Yeah, still alive. That's it. Um, yep. But uh, so, I, I've over the years, as I've gotten older, I've come to appreciate him more because I've realized more and more that he was involved in stuff that I liked. Like you know, when we went into Ishtar, like he did the music for Ishtar.
3: That's right. That's yeah. the last thing. That's the last thing he wrote music for, by the way.
0: <laughs> uh, well, movie-wise, you know.
3: Movie-wise, yes. Um,
0: uh, you know he was bugsy malone as a kid and that there's his music there and only
3: 2 years after this film
0: right and and again he as a kid like if i only knew him as uh little oh
3: right right you know what was interesting when uh, from, when we from
0: did the uh, smoking
3: right that's right that's right uh you know what was interesting when we reviewed bugsy malone and you were talking about how paul williams regretted how he did some of the music in, in that film where he sang but he, he said he wished he let the kids sing mm-hmm. um, and that he was you know rushing and he just uh, was just going back and forth and you know things were like turned in late and, and whatever and whatnot. looking at just on his filmography as far as music goes he had four projects that he was doing music for in that very oh, yeah. year
0: Oh yeah! That so was it was, was, was Bugsing Alone,
3: The Boy in the Plastic Bubble, The McLean Stevenson Show, and A Star Is Born. All and, that year.
0: And he was on tour.
3: Andy was on tour.
0: He was he was sending he was sending in masters that he was recording on the road. Right. I mean he he was doing a lot and and no wonder drugs became a part of the whole thing. Oh yeah, I, mean, I don't. Know, how, and I, alcohol, how big time. I don't know how you sustain that kind of level without.
3: Andy music. was doing the Muppet Show.
0: Well, yeah, and he had his own show eventually. He was guest hosting for show. I mean, he, everyone loved him. He was just, you know, yeah. that's, and that's part of that whole documentary where the guy starts off about how, yeah, growing up, he was everywhere. It's like, and now where is he? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so we got sidetracked on that. Oh, you, you're saying the things you love. You, you like Paul Williams.
3: Paul Williams was great. Um, uh, William Finley as Winslow and the Phantom. Mm-hmm. I liked him.
0: He's great. He's very underrated. I, I, liked,
3: I liked him a lot as the Phantom.
0: He was in uh, uh, another film. I love that eye. Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> that glaring eye. I'm
0: pretty sure he was in another film we reviewed.
3: Uh, he was. Um, the Fury. He was in The Fury. Yes. Which another Brian De Palma film.
0: There you go. Brian, Brian De Palma favorite. Uh, yep. I mean...
3: I read a little uh, trivia thing that... They did this film in 1974. And Brian De Palma was the director... Of uh, film for his wedding in 1975, he took all the video for it.
0: Oh, that's cool.
3: I'd love to see that footage, <laughs> that wedding footage. It's I'm like,
0: sure it'll be on a DVD at some point.
3: Well, you know, William Finley's dead. He died three
0: years ago. Somebody's got the masters.
3: Yeah, three years ago, I think he died, three or four. Now, I mean, uh, after complications, uh, after surgery, now, that sucks.
0: Uh, now, now we're we're talking about the film. We haven't even really. Uh, explained what the film is to anybody who hasn't seen it yet.
3: Uh, oh, that's true. Okay. Do you want to do it? Since uh, you love it so much, I'll you do want a, me to do it. I'll
0: do a brief. and You can fill in the holes if I miss anything. But it's basically it's a retelling of it's kind of like a mix between Faust and Phantom of the Opera, and it's a it's a 70s rock opera about a musician who uh, is but double-crossed and his music stolen by this this enigmatic uh, music mogul mogul kind of like Geffen but but cooler. Uh, yeah. By the name of Swan, and there's a whole love triangle involved, and then Satan gets into the picture, and it's all about uh, s- uh, selling your soul for, you know, for fame, fame or for and love. Fortune. And uh, it, it, there's a lot of send-up on the music industry as a whole, which I think is probably still relevant to this day. Uh, Very much so. And oh, yeah, and there's a lot of singing involved too, and some great music. And uh, not a fan of the music. What
3: really? All of the Paul Williams type stuff, not a fan of. Uh, the rock music, like the glitter age that they go through,
0: you know. Uh, beef glitter specifically. It wasn't glitter. That was uh, I don't know. Call it something else. It wasn't a glitter age.
3: No, it was like a Iggy Pop, David Bowie type
0: uh, character. I. It was. I would lean more towards like Alice Cooper type stuff. Let's call it glam. It's Glamour. no, it's not glam. Just because he's, it's like. No, it was more... It was supposed to be... It, it, uh, throughout the film, it, it's uh, one of the gimmicks in the film that I love, and I'm not into music, so this means something to me, is that yeah. uh, the whole idea is his music is stolen by Swan, and then right. it's given to this band uh, that keeps changing with whatever is popular. At the beginning, it's the nostalgia age where they're doing, like, 50s greasers singing. Then it moves on to a be- Beach Boys parody. Uh, then it be- morphs into this kind of uh, Alice Cooper goth uh dark music uh, metal music
3: they're called the undead at that point
0: but every time they play it's the same song rewritten you're listening (laughs) to the same and it's done well you're because if you're not paying attention you don't even notice it's the same song tweaked every time you start you start hearing the same lyrics or same themes you hear the same song maybe up to a half a dozen times
3: oh easily yeah oh for sure for sure,
0: and and I, um, I love music in this I and I, I could sing for you at the moment three of the don't, songs don't, I have memorized.
3: Don't I, don't do right
0: that right now. I can sing it. Please don't. I still get a the song, but uh, um, you, what about beef? You don't like beef? Love beef. Beef is the. Bomb. Garrett
3: Graham is awesome. I if let's put it this way: if we hadn't uh, reviewed Terravision already, that would be your challenge. Okay. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, yeah. When he is introduced to the media, when they when he comes out of the coffin, that has to be our our, our, our banner for the for the movie Suctastic uh, page. I
0: re- I, re- I already stole it as my own icon for Facebook, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> uh,
3: so people know what the film is. I mean, I can do it. I'll, I will. Uh, you know, I will. You'll make it. Photoshop a, yep. a Phantom of the Paradise poster in there, but it. <laughs> Has to be our banner <laughs> for for the movie movies like that. I'll, I'll let you
0: change the one I threw up. What'd you put up? I just put up uh, Swan and, and the Phantom together,
3: and that's fine. Uh, no, no, I I, I, like, I I mean, I I will. I'll change it.
0: Um, uh, but uh, Garrett is fucking awesome. I love him. Uh, he's great in everything. Uh, I really. He's just one of those weird. I don't know. He. I, I wouldn't call him a great actor, maybe no. a great character actor, but he just. He, I, I've never seen him in a thing where I was unhappy with him. Uh, he, was in the, he was in the first uh, tales from the crypt. That's right. He was with the, with the one guy that uh, the 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 um the switch operator for the electric chair that starts killing people on his own. He was one of the people he kills. Uh, the only reason I remember that is because it's like a really serious episode. And then when they he electrocutes him in the hot tub, Garrett crosses his eyes when he's twitching. It's like, oh come on, <laughs> what, really?
2: <laughs> uh, now,
0: and one of the things that I was I uh, saw in one of the documentaries on on um, the Shout Factory Blu-ray, I can't recommend uh-huh. enough. Hello, I'm here. Oh, I thought I heard something. Um, was uh, that Garrett doesn't sing the songs in the film when they actually have the numbers, but looking back, he kind of regrets not letting him because when he's singing in the shower, that's really him, and that's almost the same voice.
3: Yeah, I know. He <coughs> <It's> was really. <laughs> I love that little movie he does with the soap, <laughs> where he like f- throws it behind his back, and it comes out the- in front of him, and he catches it, and it's like, it's just a little thing.
0: Life at but, last, uh, salutations from the other side.
3: But I, I, I would imagine, and I don't know if it says it in the audio commentary, because I haven't listened to it, if Garrett just did that, and De Palma's like, yeah, we'll keep oh, it, I I'm, love I'm,
0: it. I'm, I'm, su- I'm sure you're not directing something that small, it was probably... I mean i get I, I mean the guy's been around you know he's not just gonna stand there and sing oh yeah uh, but um i love i love the big things about the film the the theme uh a lot of the you know there's a you have a lot of reoccurring themes in the film not just death but also you know birds the swan the idea of phoenix uh, uh the whole idea of the surveillance uh again the 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 kind of ridicule of the the uh industry the music industry which in some ways i'm sure de palma was kind of uh putting a lot of stuff in there for the film industry as well but so you know i'm sure it's all the same gripes uh little things too just uh when when uh winslow sneaks onto the property to find out why he hasn't heard from swan about his music and he Mm -hmm. and they're having the casting call and he tells the girls is uh and he's telling them, oh i wrote the music and then she says, "Oh, oh, uh, the juicy fruit's gonna do it." And he said, "Are you kidding?" <laughs> and and she like, and the, and the girl that's talking, dead face. Do I look like a kidder? <laughs> it's so small, but that fucking line kills me every time. A lot of, I mean, there's, it's, a, it's got that kind of surreal feel to it where not everybody's trying to act like 100% real. There's a bit of surrealism to it, a bit of uh, right. almost, uh, I, I don't know what you would call it, like stage presence, where it, it's, yeah, this isn't the real world, this is the super real world. Um, so, I mean, I mean, Paul Williams does that a lot with his character. Yeah, he does.
3: Uh, definitely he does. I mean, in Paul Williams' character, you find out later in the film, well, are, are we that far yet? Like the surrealism? Oh, know. if you
0: want to, jump ahead. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, because what happens is uh, Swan. They open the film with uh, talking about how he has pioneered music as we know it. Essentially, that's what they say. He brings Liverpool to America. He uh, with um, with the Juicy Fruits and uh, like you said, with the Greaser, uh, the band, and then the you know the Beach Boys type one, and then the Undead. And they just go on and on about how he has just revolutionized music, and he's the sole reason why we're at where we are. And later on in the film, you figure out why that is. He was, like, this rock star, but he was going to commit suicide and makes a deal with the devil to uh, give him everlasting life, and he makes that pact. Uh, And the thing is, what he does is exactly what the devil does with him, is he makes all these deals with... uh, you know, uh, the Phantom, uh, you know, Winslow, and uh, Phoenix, the girl, and makes them sign these contracts, and he basically steals their voice and their soul, and it the contract is binding, and he gives them fame and fortune, but the thing of it is, he takes, you know, what's most important to them, and they don't realize it, so the surreal uh, part of the story is, you know, the whole uh, you know, the stealing of the soul, and you know, making a deal with the devil. And there's we a make- bit of
0: a uh, there's a bit of the um, uh, picture of Dorian Gray in there too, where he has to be recorded at all times, the ages in the recordings, but not in real life. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, not really any kind of. Um, and and that, by the way, that narrator at the beginning who mentions it, he he brought the Beatles from the Liverpool. Uh, that was uh, Rod Serling. Was that Rod Serling? Yeah, un- uncredited. That was actually Rod Serling, Mr. Uh, Twilight on himself.
3: I didn't... Well, I mean, Rod Serling's voice is very recognizable. Obviously, this was towards the end of his life. Um, Obviously. And I didn't... I did not recognize it at all. Well,
0: next time, pay better attention.
3: You can eat me.
0: (laughs) So, wait, now, what didn't you like about the film? What keeps you from enjoying it? Because there's nothing that I... I, uh, I don't think there's anything I don't enjoy about this film it's one of those things for me it's one of those films where whatever flaws you can point out they're flaws that ex, uh, like a diamond that accentuates the, uh, the, the beauty of the movie mm. oh okay
3: uh, well like I said when I was a kid I, I really hated it as an adult I don't um, will I keep it in my collection yeah I will will I watch it on a regular basis no um, But
0: that's not my question what?
3: no I know I'm, I'm building up to your question um big. <laughs> uh I don't hate the film at all.
0: No, I know. You said that. Like
3: like I can't say that I like it. Mm. What I mean, don't like about it Don't like what, the music. What, what what keeps me from it is the music. Um
0: What's your least favorite song?
3: My least favorite? Yeah. It's gotta be the song that they're playing when the Phantom is looking in on the two of them in bed. Oh, that song is just I don't yeah. like I just
0: don't like music so, like that. That's a throwaway though. I mean that's just it's yeah. fucking mushy as shit. So what's your favorite song? What's the song you like the most? Oh Beefs. Beefs? Oh yeah.
3: Fucking love the, it's just just his performance, just the way they the way it's sung. I just love it. It's great.
0: Uh, I think my favorite my favorite lines from that song are uh sit and listen while the song begins. Hot's are broken, the bad guys win. <laughs> 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 actually, it reminds me of like a couple of lines from one of Gary's songs from Black Parade, which is not surprising since this is one of the films that kind of influenced that album.
3: Uh, yeah, that's right. He he did mention that to you.
0: Yeah. Um. Oh, he mentioned that in interviews. Not just me. I'm Not no trace. Well, I think this.
3: he he mentioned it to you, I believe, first, and then when he was actually going on interviews. Well, sure. The album, yeah. I, you know, I'm well.
0: not trying to take credit for it. I'm Just saying.
3: You should, because you introduced him to the movie. Anyway.
0: Yes, I uh, did. Yes, I did. I introduced the lead singer of My Chemical Romance to this film, and I influenced music, (laughs) goddammit. I influenced music history, a small part of it, but music history I influenced (laughs) by making him watch this movie. Yes. And he made me watch Brain Donors, which had no effect on anything in the world. But I still (laughs) love that film. (laughs)
3: That's still. That's a what movie. I get.
0: That's what I get. I introduced him to this. This like this bonds like a whole album for him. He introduces me to a cheesy little comedy that I still can't get anybody else to watch. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. You're you're welcome. <laughs>
3: uh, you know what? There are more things uh, as an adult that I like uh, with this film than dislike.
2: Mm-hmm. I, uh, it,
3: and like I said, it won't keep me from watching it.
0: Well, what's uh, your, what, what's like the,
3: at all. So. I, I will visit this film more often well, now that I've re-watched it.
0: What's, what's the, what surprised you the most that you liked in this? What, what was the thing like you expected to hate the most? was like, oh, wow, this is actually, I, I'm enjoying this.
3: To be honest, uh, the no, acting. Is... <laughs> why, why do you do that? I'm
0: sorry, I couldn't help it.
3: Um, you
0: know why I do that? I... This is why I do that, sir.
3: Yeah, yeah. Let's get a couple more in there. Uh, the, the acting, although a lot of it is cheesy, I like it. It's supposed to be. I like it. Yeah. Especially, I know, I know especially his, Real his Real. henchman, his henchman, which was a uh, uh, Philbin. Oh, Philbin! I like Philbin. <laughs> what a dick!
0: <laughs> I made her the money grubbing horse she is, and he called me. A... <laughs> yeah. Uh... Dry up, Tubbo.
3: <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, the performances, uh, the acting. Uh, I liked it. It's cheesy, supposed to be, and I think that's what I liked about it.
0: You don't know the half of it, Goliath.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was also funny that the uh, Garrett beef—he was—he uh, was also uh, gay.
0: <laughs> at well, least
3: they, they're alluding to that.
0: They, well, effeminate. I wouldn't say gay. What was that? I, I, I don't. <laughs> think, I don't think they make any allusions to his sexuality, but they do play him as effeminate, which is opposite of what his stage persona. Well, is.
3: I mean, film calls him Tinkerbell at one point.
0: Right, but but again, I, I I I don't think it's I I don't. You can make you can make the connection, and in the seventies, sure, I'm sure it was. It might have been intentional, but what I like about the film is it doesn't. It never really crosses the sexual might, orientation. Might have been what. Might have been. Well, you know, you know what I'm saying. It doesn't. cause was the...
3: intentional.
0: Well, but what I'm saying, it's not like he he doesn't show any attraction to men or women. It, they don't they don't go through that. He, All I'm trying to say is, like, if, if they don't paint him as a gay person, they just paint him as acting gay. Which yeah. I, I don't know if it's better or worse. Well I just wanna, I, I'm just trying to make that distinction. It's not like they they portray him. Oh, this is a homosexual, and this is how they act. No, he he's just a person that acts effeminately, and you can make the assumption that he's gay. Right. If you're a bigot. Please. But <laughs> the
3: kidding. scene that's on now is where yeah. uh the, the Phantom no. uh, Winslow confronts uh Swan for the first time and he like grabs his neck mm-hmm. and he's like, Killing me won't do you any good and he pulls off the mask and uh Swan is just like, God you're horrible but he's excited about it
0: <laughs> No, it's... don't go away. <laughs>
3: Just the face is like, God, you're
0: horrible. <laughs> He's all salesman and showman, and which is, is part right. of the charm. I mean, this is one of those films where if someone said they were going to remake it, I wouldn't be upset because, hey, you know, maybe someone could take a new spin on it. And, and if so, if they remade this, there's no way they would do it exactly. It wouldn't be like the cycle remake where it's, no. oh, let's just redo the whole film the same way. They would change it for modern times and change you know a lot of it. <clears throat> I don't well, think
3: considering it, that, uh, for whatever reason, for movies with music in them ha, are popular again. Don't know why. Um, you know, all the way down to fucking Dancing with the Stars, all this just shit television. People are just attracted to it all over again.
0: Music's easy. It, it, music it's we, easy.
3: To, it's easy to fuck up too.
0: Well, it's easy. It is easy to fuck up. But music is, and that's. I think it's one of the. That's one of the messages in the film too. There's a whole. Uh, I remember. I remember uh, Gary and I got into a debate at one point or was it no i had mentioned something to him uh in if you read the article on the film in cult films volume two or cult movies volume two i think it's called the the reviewer had a problem with the film where at the beginning they demonstrate that excuse me that swan pretty much sets the tone at the end, when the juicy fruits sing, everybody looks up to the swan, and no one applauds till he applauds first, saying, "Oh, right. it's not going to be recognized as popular until he dubs it popular." The kind of idea about uh, the music industry creating its own hits uh, or, or or setting the guideline of what's popular and what's being a hit. Later on, after Beef is killed, the big tragedy of the film, because Beef's like the one, in, really the one innocent character in the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, he was ready to leave. Yeah, it, it's just he's the one guy you actually feel bad for this whole. Field. Nobody else really gets the sympathy, even Winslow, that Beef deserves. Oh, there she's, uh, There
3: she is. She's dancing. Right. Oh,
0: you don't like that? Like,
3: I fucking hate it. And we're not working just to survive. Oh, it's like a fucking. Just grab your partner, round and round. It's like
0: now, oh. uh The oh, sorry, uh, go ahead. But after Beef dies and the crowd's ready to, you know, like they're chanting for blood, they send Phoenix out to sing and she sings this quiet soft song and woos the crowd. And the the reviewer, and I, I was telling Gary we we're watching this, says, yeah, this guy wrote, he doesn't like this part because uh, it doesn't make sense that this crowd that's ready for blood would suddenly just turn around and become docile because this woman came out and sang, it doesn't make any sense. I hate that part because it's good music to shit music, but that's me. <laughs> but then Gary pointed out, so yeah, but they've already set up the precedent, and I'm paraphrasing. We weren't talking like this right. back then. So they already set the precedent at the beginning of the film, where Swan sets the tone. So pretty much anything they put on stage, the audience is going to accept. So it's an interesting angle, and it's it's one of those films that you can read on different levels. That's my point. The long term. <clears throat> that there's so much going on in the film is uh, a lot of different themes a lot of different philosophies uh, you really can dissect it and watch it over and over again and get different things from it
3: okay
0: oh uh, she's dancing again <sighs> <laughs> but I you're can't. working so hard that you don't even know you're uh, alive
3: I can't take the dancing um, I can't do it <laughs>
0: I mean, like like the scene where... Uh,
3: I mean, there's one part where she's dancing at the end of the film where it's literally the fucking chicken dance with the I, arms. But that's it, at that the wedding
0: sequence? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but everybody's dancing crazy during the wedding sequence. That was.
3: Yeah, well, she's the most fucking crazy because she's the worst fucking dancer I've ever seen.
0: I You know what? Most dancing just looks stupid to begin. If you ever, like, watch a dance floor and just watch people dancing, not choreographed. I'm talking, like, just random people in a club or something. Oh, yeah. Most of it, just, just fucking stupid. And she
3: made it a whole new fucking level of stupid.
0: <laughs> I think you're being too harsh on Phoenix. Fuck. <laughs> oh, there's a, and there's like a Look whole... Look at this.
3: Look at it. It's so fucking bad.
0: She wasn't originally supposed to be... Uh, Dancing? Jesus The, the main Christ. person. Again, like, if you go... I can't even remember half of it, but... When did like... she do
3: opera? Well, that was after this, right?
0: There were so many... She was in opera? Yeah.
3: No, uh, no, she, I'm not. Not opera. It was um, opera. Uh,
0: or, uh, J- Suspiria.
3: Suspiria. That
0: was after that. That was seventy-seven. Yeah. Suspiria. It was, it was three years later. It, and but but she did. She also did a Woody Allen film between that too. So give her some credit for that. Sure. Does she dance in that one? I don't know. I know there was let's no dancing in. The, let's hope not. There's no dancing in Love and Death. Uh, she was in a lot of musicals. Apparently, she did a lot more singing. I don't remember her from Pennies from Heaven, which I did not like.
3: I don't remember that movie at all. It, it's Well, it, that's not true. If I saw it, I might remember
0: it. It's, you know what? I remember as a kid hating it, and then like last year, the year before, I was like, you know, I'm going to revisit the Steve Martin film because I, I, as an adult, I, I appreciate his, his more adult films. And it, it was one of those films that came out at a time where he was the wild and crazy guy, so no one liked it. And I mm-hmm. watched it, like now, and I still don't like it. Uh, <laughs> not because it's bad, but because there's I don't know. It's just no, nothing appealing to it for me. It's it's uh, no, no, no. And she and she, but she she, she was she was not in uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, but she was in the uh, Equal Shock Treatment. Yeah, so she there's was. that. But uh, no, she's not especially uh, great. Wow, I didn't realize she was in Big Man on Campus. I have that film.
3: Oh, I love that movie.
0: <laughs> it's a horrible fucking movie.
3: Yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking spin cycle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus. I, we we just we, we went from the Palma to like this the depths of 80s comedy. In in what nineties? Not even eighties, nineties, right? Now the movie
3: I'm going to challenge challenge you to. Now I know, Uh, the movie I'm going to challenge you uh, to is also equally hard to find, much like Big Man on Campus. Although the full the full film is on YouTube, so oh, so I am because I wasn't going to challenge you to it because I couldn't find it anywhere. And then at the last second, I said, "Fuck! Why don't I just look at at YouTube?" Most of the time. They have these old, hard-to-find movies. Now uh, I guarantee you, the full film is there.
0: We we can find the film on YouTube, and if we do a review on the film, we'll get kicked off YouTube.
3: Oh yeah, (laughs) guaranteed. 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 Like, there's no way this can will pass YouTube because you can rent it on YouTube for two dollars and ninety-nine cents. So, you know, they have some extra on YouTube. Yeah, well, oh, Phantom of the Paradise is a rental. Oh, ran, Phantom is a rental. So yeah. this video uh, will be very hard to dispute,
0: even though it's a it's a review and it's fair usage, and oh, we're not showing the film with sound and everything. It's, it's still going to so, be yeah. It's
3: so annoying. Anyway,
0: we, we can't get into that anymore. No, uh, I mean. No. I get, there's not much to, for me to say about Phantom of the Paradise except it's a wonderful fucking film. You have to see it. You need to purchase the Blu ray special edition from Shout Factory because it is chock full of interviews. It is fucking beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> and just hours of interviews and documentaries about the making of the film. Even if you know the stuff, it's just a great. You have to get it. If, if I was going to. If I had to go back and get rid of all my Blu rays except for one. Maybe The Watchmen, but possibly this. Okay. Really. All right. It's that fucking good of a a special edition. must have. Uh, But, I mean... Well, I'm
3: glad you challenged it to me, because I I, I did get to watch it again, and I did realize that it is a film that uh, I don't actually hate. Um, Maybe another viewing or two, I might actually move into the like category.
0: Now, uh... After next episode, we're going to have a hiatus again because I'm going to be out of town for a couple weeks. Okay. So what I want to do is instead of challenging you after next episode, I want to take a clean break and come back. We need to start doing a couple of – we've been talking about doing Joey versus Scott episodes. Oh, yeah. uh, For those of you who have been listening for the show for a long time, uh, you'll know this. But for people that are just starting to tune in. Uh, People new to the show or listening for the past couple months, you'll notice, you probably think that Joey and I always agree on everything, and we always have kind of like minds on these films. And that's 99% of the time true. Every now and then, something bizarre slips through the cracks where Joey loves it and I hate it, or vice versa. Right. This was almost going to be one of those, but that was because Joey hadn't seen it in a long time, and it turned out not to be that bad of a case uh but uh we've been talking about it and we want to do a few just down and dirty uh best of worst of scott loves it joey hates it vice versa scott versus joey episodes and i want to start doing those after i get back from georgia and vermont
3: i'm trying to think off the top of my head
0: i can tell you two right now that we can definitely do
3: i know we did that with total recall i still really like total recall you didn't but i think that even that episode uh was a it was more like this episode
0: well, I mean, again, total recall for me, the thing was, it's a horrible movie. But I, <laughs> yeah. but I and as long as
3: you thing. can accept that.
0: And, and that's the thing, too. I mean, you and I you. That's like
3: what we it. talk about with Star Wars. As long as you can accept Star Wars as a bad movie, we can move on.
0: You can enjoy the hell out of it, by all means. But yeah. no, no, but as. What we're talking about is films where we actually argue on whether or not it's a good film. Right. Uh, and the two off the top of my head that I know we can do right off the bat is uh, the long-standing beef that you and I have with Fifth Element <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the vampire film uh, Day- Daybreakers
3: yeah, I didn't oh, love Daybreakers. But you,
0: but you defended it. Now, uh, now we can debate. I that. thought,
3: I thought it was an okay movie.
0: That, that's where, that's where we, that's that's not acceptable.
3: And now, we talked about this. God,
0: well, the, the, the Daybreak- Eons ago. Daybreakers was a movie where we were doing separate interviews. There was a, a, a there was a while where when we broke up, and when we stopped recording together, and we couldn't do the Skype thing yet, that we were recording individual episodes. You had just had your first child. Uh, so I was doing the shows right. by myself, and we would kind of go back and forth. Uh, yeah, and we, and I, you had reviewed it, and then I was like, what the fuck? How, how did you like this film? And so I reviewed it next, and I was like, I'm going to review this again because this sucked balls. You know, I'm going to tell you <laughs> why. So well, we, uh, we never got to discuss it together on the same show. Okay. So that that's up to – now, if, if we'll, have to, we'll have to do some brainstorming to see if we can come to uh, terms on this, but – that's what I want to do. And if, if we have to use Fifth Element to get the ball running, I think it's well due. Sure. Motherfucker. I'll even watch that goddamn <laughs> film again.
3: Just Super to, green. Super green.
0: I, I will even re-watch <laughs> that piece of shit just to be fresh for the show.
3: I hope so, because I'll watch it.
0: Actually, I think I have a Riff tracks copy, so that, that might make my life a little e- easier.
3: We'll have to post the, um, the interview we did with Julianne, a porn star. Oh yeah, where, uh, where we talk about the fifth element.
0: <laughs> Thank you for proving my case, Julianne. <laughs> Thank you.
3: Yes. Um, um, God, I forgot about how we went. We were doing individual episodes, back and forth, back and forth.
0: Oh yeah, that, that's what we you... did that
3: for about ten or fifteen episodes or so. Yeah, and, uh, and not, they were okay. Not many. They people,
0: were okay. We we got some complaints from people that that preferred us together. The problem is, it's like I I can drone on and you can drone on, but yeah. but. That that's the problem. If there's just one of us, we just drone on. Yeah. Uh, and. Yep. Um, uh,
3: I, I remember that. Just. I, it was fun. It was fun going back and forth, you know, because it was like it was an episode, you know, tailored to the film and then directly to you, and then vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we we did reviews of uh, Can't Stop the Music and Xanadu uh we that's still did
0: one of my favorite episodes is the can't stop the music Do episode
3: yeah oh so good so
0: good i kind of missed the shows where we did two up two movies together
3: oh because just who can watch two fucking movies in a week well i mean it, we did that for the oscars and it was tough
0: people with no kids that's who
3: well n- well now that my kids are older when we did the oscars it was a lot easier to watch two movies in a week
0: well there you go we'll be back to that in no time yeah. Uh, not so, every week, but we'll, we'll, we'll have to squeeze it in. Um, real quick, do you want to rate Phantom of the Paradise on IMDb and, and make our voices heard? Sure. Only, now, only, see, here's
3: here's my only problem. Uh, you're going to want to go 9 or 10 on this.
0: Uh, obviously. No, no, <laughs> all right, Let's be fair. I'm not going to say 10. I don't think it's a perfect film. Okay. Okay, that would be and presumptuous it, to, to
3: me to say anything higher than a 7, I would be lying to myself. Okay.
0: All right. Now here's how reasonable Scott is. Okay. I'm willing to go seven. Obviously, there's some production value issues that occurred when they had to edit the film last minute. Um, You know, and also the film does suffer a bit from uh, '70s editing. Say no more. And I'd be lying if I thought Brian if I said I thought Brian De Palma was a brilliant director. No. No, he's a he's a good and interesting director, who has made some very great films or films i liked but uh i wouldn't put them up on par with i can't even think of someone that would put up that high so uh, off the top of my head but um so I, I i'm willing to go seven with you just because i'm willing to make those concessions okay does that sound um, fair i'm going that to sounds very fair I, j- and because j- yeah, again just because i love the film doesn't mean i think it's perfect. Okay. <clears throat> See. See, see how e- see how easy I can be sometimes. Don't get used to this, because when, when we do uh, Fifth Element, I'm gonna fucking tear it. I'm not giving any quarter on that. Okay. All right. Uh, so I'm gonna say seven. Only nine thousand votes and change on that's, IMDb.
3: That's terrible.
0: Uh, it's like what? No one's watching this film. Ah, oh, this is a weird one. The top three ratings are seven, eight, and ten. <laughs> there are more people. There are more people that thought it was worth a ten or an eight than there were. Uh, 10, 8, and 7 are both around 20%. 9, 13%. So it's not a complete curve or a horseshoe. Very weird. Uh, Demographics, males under 18 is the highest. Yes, with 8.5. Nice to know the young kids are still digging the the rock ballad opera thingies. Uh, Lowest demographic is females age 45 and older. They also, too, probably don't like Phoenix's dancing in the film. So you have, (laughs) you know... Oh, I'm sorry. I it's actually it's almost tied. I, I I I misspoke. The highest demographic is males under eighteen. The lowest demographic is females under eighteen. And apparently, <laughs> only five females under eighteen have ever bothered to rate this film. Oh, okay. So, five, huh? Yes. So it uh, the 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 under eighteen community is firmly <laughs> divided against the uh, credibility of the movie. While most people over that age are kind of like me, say so, oh, I'll give it a seven. <laughs> And, oh, and one IMDb staffer rated it a four. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. The one IMDb staffer that rated it a four, fuck you. I hope you hear this show. Fuck you.
3: The pro- I wouldn't even be surprised if they rated it a four without even revisiting it. Like, I would have given it a four had you not challenged it to me and I rewatched it just because I just remembered hating it so much when I, I was a kid.
0: And he- here's something that really is starting to bother me with these rating things. It's not the fact that, like, oh, I love this film, but it only got a six. Or, Yeah, you know what? There's a lot of, there's a lot of variety. I can see somebody not liking this movie as much as I did or, or holding it to a much higher standard as I do, which would be kind of hard. But who actually gives this movie a one? No, a- a hundred, come on. 175 people saw this film and hated it so much, they gave it a one. Now i i don't put i don't put tens out there often, but i really don't put ones out there that often either. It's got to be a real one is like like baby geniuses. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> baby geniuses too. I would say sure. Baby geniuses, maybe maybe a two or a three. Uh, but I, I just really some of these films. It, it's the, I don't understand the people that are just that nasty. Like ah, one. <laughs> actually for this film even the IMDB staffer who gave it a 4 can go screw I don't even understand that uh, yeah yeah but it's just I don't know it's just it seems very 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 severe it's like they're not even trying it's like it's its like everything they rate must be a 10 or a 1
3: true okay
0: I'm sorry so I, no, I, I got a no, tangent no though.
3: it's okay that's, that's totally I just let you go no no you're right
0: uh, you should have stopped so, me but anyway
3: so now I have a movie challenge for you yes okay
0: uh, give me, give me, give me hints.
3: I I don't know if you're gonna guess this. I'll try. Even, I, even if I gave you actor and actresses' names, I'm
0: not. I'm not looking. At, I'm not looking at IMDb. Just give me, give me. Uh,
3: what? Okay. It's also an '80s movie.
0: Well, tell you what. First, were, was there anything? Or this, a, you, uh,
3: not? Also, this is an '80s movie. This was, was a '70s film.
0: Was there anything that you were gonna challenge me to, but you didn't?
3: Yes. Yes. Uh, I was thinking about. Um, it, it's. Music themed, so mm-hmm. you have that. All right. Okay. I, I was thinking about a little film that came out uh, in the '80s called "Ladies and Gentlemen, the Fabulous Stains." I. All right.
0: Never heard of that.
3: It's it's an '80s like rock movie. Okay. Okay. It's got uh, what's her face in it. Uh, Diane Ladd, she's in it, and it's you know it's about this you know group the uh, rock group called you know the how they come up yeah, yeah. called. The Fabulous Stains. The
0: Fabulous Stains,
3: right. Yes. So I was going to challenge you to that, and I was like, no, I, I didn't really want to do that. So the f-
0: I'm going to guess that even though it's, mu- it's music-related, that you're not going to be challenging me to Quadrophenia. No. Okay. Okay. Are you a mod or a rocker? <laughs>
3: uh, so then I was thinking, well, Scott challenged me to a movie that he really loves, and I didn't uh, as a kid. And I was like, maybe I'll do the same thing, and it's Brian De Palma, and I don't remember you saying that you like the film Scarface.
0: I do like the film Oh, Scarface. you do like the film? Yes.
3: I love the film Scarface. You know,
0: a- after you challenge me to this, we're going to do a quick run through of Brian De Palma's films, and it's go to real quick, like five minutes. Good. And, tops.
3: Um, and again, uh, uh, you know, Garrett Graham, I was thinking, shit, Terror Vision, I would have loved to challenge that to you, but we did it already. <laughs> Um, and I, never, I think that wasn't a challenge to each other. I think we just wanted to do that one.
0: I never we made it a, a yeah. Mary Warren of what connection. I know I challenged you to that. It was a link to something. I challenged you. Yeah. It, it, there was an actual link to an, an, another movie. Yes, and I still haven't finished my poem on that. I have my notes. <laughs> I've got a poem in the works. I will finish it and I will read it on the show. Oh okay. shit! I never did that. I I I fucked up. Leonard Nimoy is dead. Yeah. I was, I was going to read some of his poetry on the show, but I didn't dig the book out. I have a book of his poetry. It's downstairs somewhere. So I, I, I fucked that up. Sorry. Ne- next week. We'll do it next week. Okay. Well, it, he'll, he'll be way too dead by then.
3: <laughs> okay. There's always that. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking Scarface. I was thinking fucking Raising Kane. I was like, I could go on a total Brian De Palma just... Any film that he's made in the last, like, 25 years, I could probably challenge you so to. He's
0: not Raising Cain.
3: <laughs> so, I didn't.
0: Actually, good luck finding Raising Cain. That's a hard one to get.
3: It is hard to get. So is this movie. But, again, it's the full film is on YouTube.
0: All right, so give me So, a... those
3: are the films that I was thinking of that right. I decided not to. What's All that? right. I'm just going to tell you who's in it.
0: You're listening at home. Play along.
3: Yes. Uh, it's got Tim Curry in it. Okay. Oh,
0: not, not 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 the thing with the with the with the witches.
3: <laughs> no. Okay. No, 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 no. All right. Uh, again, not, got...
0: uh, not looking at IMDb. Uh, okay. So Tim Curry, off the top of my head, the only films I can really think of of Tim Curry is Clue, Legend, uh, McCall's Navy, uh, which I know you're not gonna. No. And and, and that
3: came out in 1990, I believe. It, this, it, is, this film came out in 1980.
0: It is obviously not Rocky Horror Picture Show.
3: Obviously, it's not. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's got uh, Trini Alvarado who I had a major crush on her when I was a kid. Don't recognize the name. Um, uh, Robin Johnson is in it as well. Recognize also me. liked her when I was a kid. It's New York. The The theme, the, the connection is New York. Okay? Because uh, Phantom of the Paradise is based in New York right. and this film, I just watching Phantom of the Paradise you get this This old, you know, or the way New York used to be. And this film is that. It is New York City.
0: It's not rooftops, is it?
3: No. That is also 1990.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Um, Wait, there's this. I'm getting flashes of a film with two teenage girls, possibly runaways, in New Uh, York. uh, Sure. Okay. You're close. Don't know if I'm thinking the same film.
3: Um, they're they're they they have a punk rock band and they are, they friends and they're in New York City.
0: Dudes, you're challenging me the dudes, even no, though it has none of those people in it. No, okay. No. Anything else? But you're
3: but you're close. Um, other than you know, I gave you that it's New York City, that it's Tim Curry, two girls in a punk rock. Coyote band. Ugly. No. Okay. Also not eighties. <laughs>
0: Very hard film to find. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm wondering if the film I'm kind of half-thinking about is it, but go ahead and tell me what it is.
3: Okay, the film is called Times Square.
0: That's the one, yeah, with the two girls, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's two girls in it. Someone, someone posted that trailer like a year ago. I think it was you. Really? <laughs> and I was like, I've never heard of this goddamn film. And I was very upset because it was an 80s film I'd never heard of, and yeah. people were talking about it. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't remember Dick. About this film, yeah, and real was, hard
3: to find cult classic. I mean, it's it came out on DVD. There's audio commentary, but it's nowhere to be found.
0: I even though I didn't guess the name, I, I swear to you, I when you mentioned two girls, I was like, I know the film.
3: Yeah. So and it, even the YouTube, the the full film on YouTube, it's not even a DVD rip. It's like VHS fucking rip mm-hmm. from the '80s because the quality is pretty shitty. Which. To be completely honest, will probably add to the enjoyment of watching it and then reviewing it. Oh sure. So that's your that's your film, Times Square.
0: Times Square. Yeah,
3: right. Tim Curry plays Johnny LaGuardia. <laughs> that's his that's his name in the movie. LaGuardia. Johnny LaGuardia. That's a New York thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an
3: airport. Well, well, there was a person named LaGuardia that the airport was named after. Right, but I'm sure so... Tim
0: Curry's not playing him.
3: You no, know he's not. Okay, but it's it's a whole New York
0: thing. Uh, all right. Uh, so great. I'm looking forward to watching that. Uh, hopefully this weekend. Now quickly. Mm-hmm. Um. And hmm, teenage girls in New York City that really opens up the door. And no. Yeah. And, oh, no, and what that, I like
3: about this movie is it's New York City from 1980. Damn it. So you. I mean, obviously the buildings and structures hasn't changed at all from for, for New York City, but you got that you know that grimy you know old looking kind of new york you know escape from new york See, kind of feel to it
0: here i am I saying i love that here i am saying we're not going to do a challenge after that episode and you give me a perfect setup to like half the films i saw in the 80s oh well yeah uh, god damn you, you
3: could go in any direction off of times square uh, you really could
0: since we were talking to Palmer. oh and the
3: other film i was thinking was suburbia which i decided not to cuz i really like
0: times I've, square instead i've never seen suburbia good movie I have a copy of it. I've never seen it. Good movie. All right, uh, real quick, De Palma.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do this.
0: Now, we we could go. He's directed a lot of films, but I, I want to highlight some of the films he wrote. Since since Phantom of the Paradise is uh-huh. the film he wrote and directed. Yes, it is. Now, I, I I would be lying if I said I've seen every Brian De Palma film, uh, but I loved Phantom of the Paradise uh have you ever seen the film sisters yes yeah i didn't care for it he does a lot of experimental stuff in the film that i guess you know is is cool for the time mm-hmm. but there's a lot of stuff that it, it's just one of those things where like yeah you know it's kind of cool but it doesn't make that much sense and that's a fairly recent movie too no no the one i'm talking about is 1973 Oh, oh, oh! They did a remake of You're it. You're thinking of the remake? Of no, no, no! I'm thinking of the original
3: uh, from 1973. But I'm looking at it here, and I'm like, wait, that's pretty recent. No, I do remember the one from the 70s.
0: Yeah, that's. I have not seen the remake. Uh, now, dress- he
3: wrote the screenplay. He redid it, his own work.
0: Hey, you f- know, for a
3: 2006 film with the same name.
0: He's done worse than that.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, Snake Eyes.
0: Uh, you mentioned Blowout. <laughs> Which, which I, I, I still love. I, I, think I like blowout. I really do. It's, it's an interesting film for Travolta trying to be taken as serious as an actor. Yeah. Uh, now a, a lot of De Palma's films too. There's, the, I have a, a book actually that's written entirely about De Palma hating women. <laughs> it's a whole book, and all it is, really? is looks at all his films and say, "See, misogynist asshole." That's the whole book. I got it. A, <laughs> someone spent an entire book just complaining about him being a. Uh, um, yeah, blowouts. One of those films. that I think even um, you think even Harlan Ellison hated, uh, which really? kind of hard. Yeah, because Ellison's a bit of a wimp when it comes to horror films, oddly enough. Yeah. Uh, but I like blowout. Even it has flaws, but uh, now body double, dude. Body double. I, st-
3: I still like body double.
0: And we have some. Uh, we actually have some. Uh, I guess you, they're not memes because meme means it's gone live and it hasn't. But we have a couple. We have some of those things where you put words on the picture from body double that I made. Uh, I, I. This is one of the reasons I hate De Palma is because in interviews he said that the whole thing with the drills, "Oh, that wasn't meant to be phallic." Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, you directed the scene with the between his legs. No, yeah, it was. Don't, don't, don't lie.
3: <laughs>
0: Stop lying. Yeah, but body double that I was good. I, I liked it. You know, and it, it does it. It's got a strong '80s smell to it. Right. But there's a little shot. There's a little like. Glimpses of brilliance in between there, uh, and and of course it's got uh fucking what's his name um uh, uh Greg Henry.
3: What? Yeah, that's a that's guy that looks like Bill Moore.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who's he's in a he's in a lot of stuff. I really like him. Uh, then there was Raising Cain
3: <sighs> Oh. I, I remember getting that when it first came out on VHS, <laughs> and renting it
0: uh-huh and so. watching
3: it and just 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 staring at my tv going what the fuck
0: i i remember being phys- becoming physically angry after the third dream sequence wake up startle, <laughs> Yeah. in <laughs> 10 minutes so you gotta be fucking kidding me really <laughs> come on
3: and you know the palm was like man this is really gonna get him good
0: The second one was like, oh, come on. The third one was just like, just a gut punch. That was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck you. (laughs) What, Brian? What? What what, did I do to you? (laughs) Snake eyes I'm conflicted on. It's almost like him going mainstream.
3: Yeah, Nick, Nicolas Cage. uh... Poor Nick. Poor Nick. Yeah. 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 He, you know, he, d- he did that after he won his Oscars, so it's a, you know, th- they all do that. After they win their Oscars, they just do, just, they're like, you know what, I just want to do something fun, and it turns out to be something shit.
0: Well, I, I think what happens is after you win the Oscar, the pressure's off, so you know what, I won the Oscar, fuck y'all, I'm taking the money. <laughs> that's why, what's his name, um, uh, Show Me the Money?
3: Right. Oh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah,
0: that's why he did the gay cruise movie. Yeah, the Oscars great and all, but they don't pay the bills. Yeah. Now, now, uh, talk over me if you have anything to throw in here. But like, as far as the films he didn't didn't write, but just directed.
3: Uh, yeah, let me pull those up. I mean, uh, director. Obviously,
0: Scarface is uh, a classic.
3: Dude, it's probably my favorite De Palma film but, ever.
0: Going more like, modern. Ever. Yeah, that's great. Uh, now, Bonfire of the Vanities.
3: Oh, that was the other one I was thinking of challenging you to. Dude. Because it's something we should review at some point.
0: I've read the book, seen the film. Now, there is a book on the making of it. And I've talked about this in the past. It's an excellent book. It's called The Devil's Candy. Okay. And it, it, this reporter was given access to behind the scenes of the film. And, uh, I, I mean, totally over like over budget because mismanaged because De Palma was insane uh, Melanie Griffith, huge whore. Uh, uh, Tom Hanks making fun of Bruce Willis. <laughs> it's just. Oh, that it, was the shit-eating
3: grin, right? Shit-eating
0: grin. Oh, there's that shitty grin. It's just there's so much in that book. And next to the one on, um, I think it's one of my favorite making of on films, and I don't read a lot of them because some of them are very just like uh, masturbatory, but it really just exposes like the bullshit going on behind the scenes of why the films went fucking crazy. Right. Uh, but. It's not a great film, but see reading the book and seeing what became of it and seeing what De Palma tried to do with it, it was like he bit off more he could chew, more than he could chew. Right. Um, so I, it has its place, definitely. Yeah, uh, I, I would take Mission Impossible over that easily. I, I thought for a, it was a great start to the franchise. And it was and it was fairly true to the original series, I right. thought. Right,
3: and and it was essentially kind of uh, like a comeback for De Palma because uh-huh. up until that point, uh, here let me. Well, Carlito's
0: Way, which kind of went under the I mean, well, it,
3: Carlito's Way was actually a decent film with but, Pacino,
0: but it kind of came and went. Remember, I mean, yeah, oh, it really yeah, Carlito's did his way, yeah, it really did. But,
3: well, you know what it is uh, that people were comparing it to only and only because Pacino was in it to oh, is this like a You know, uh, almost like Scarface, but he's, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, his character was Cuban or, uh, I forget if it was Spanish, Puerto Rican, or Cuban. I think it was Cuban. I I believe he was Cuban. and And people were making comparisons to Scarface, and there were two completely different movies. I mean, he just gets out of prison, he comes back home, he doesn't have the most, the biggest welcome... You know, and it's like things have changed drastically from when he was running a game or the game, you know, uh, being a criminal, to when he gets out of prison. Um, it, it it is a good film. I I do recommend Carlito's Way.
0: And but uh, um, and now before that too, Casualties of War, uh, that had kind of um. That was
3: like an experiment.
0: Well, it, it, was, it got a mean, lot. Of, never
3: done a war film before. It
0: got a lot of pause, and this is now. All right, let's let's double back a bit. Untouchables. Oh, That's yeah. That's the big one. Untouchables. Holy shit. Everyone loves Untouchables. Then yep. uh Casualties of War comes out. Gets attention, but really more from Michael J. Fox and Sean Penn than the movie itself. So I think he got in some ways I felt he kind of got overlooked a little bit. Right. Like he was like he wasn't it was it wasn't about the palm, it was about the film.
3: Right. And and it was specifically Michael J. Fox cuz he was like, you know, this you know, this good-looking young kid who was, you know, doing Family Ties and, you know, Teen Wolf and Back to the Future. And then they just throw him in this movie, this serious, dramatic film.
0: Vietnam rape film.
3: You know? Um, did he do uh, Bright Lights, Big City before he did Casualties of War?
0: I think it's in the same time frame. I, th-
3: I, I think it's, like, really close. I think it's before. So he was trying to move, like, into becoming a dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, And you're going
0: to make make me cheat while you're talking about it.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. Well, he did *Casualties of of War the same year he did Back to the Future Part 2. So, I mean, Michael J. Fox is having a good year.
0: Let's put it that way. Bright Lights Big big City was the year before. 88, correct.
3: 88, okay.
0: And then after that, he did The Hard Way, which uh, wasn't... I
3: still uh, like The Hard Way with James Woods. uh, He he plays a Hollywood actor, (laughs) and James Woods has to take him in for his role. (laughs) and james wood is just a he's just a dick he's
0: all right basic typical like 80s and the 90s typical okay we're in the 90s but we're still thinking like the 80s cheesy ass plot and setup just action Uh,
3: comedy that's all you got to say 80s action comedy
0: stop or my mother will shoot that's all it's it's that but a different setting but I still remember loving the scene where Michael J. Fox has the killer in the backseat of the of the car and he's like starts driving crazy through the city. It's like I got a tumor in the back of my head. I don't know what they guess I could go time. It's that one <laughs> that one frenetic scene I just remember liking. I have not watched a film since it came out in the nineties, so I should go back at some point and watch
3: it. I remembered really liking the hard way. Yeah, but I really I really did.
0: I, I do too, but at a time where I don't trust anything I liked back then.
3: No, that's very true. <laughs> um
0: yeah but but, but anyway, De Palma, after untouchables, casualties of war, which was well well received, but mm-hmm. and then after that, bonfire of the divantes, which just everyone shit on, raising yeah. Kane, no Ooh. luck there, Carlito's way, like you said, was kind of a comeback, which is weird to have the comeback within five years of your last hit you' real five years is too short of a time period to have a yeah. comeback,
3: yeah,
0: uh so I no, I, no, no, I,
3: I was saying the comeback was mission impossible, oh. but he had a strong perform you know strong. Uh, film in Carlito's way, uh, the ver- you know, three years earlier.
0: Well, M- Mission Impossible was was his comeback as far as mainstream success goes.
3: Yeah, I mean that movie made uh, right. like 180 million dollars just domestically. And
0: then he pissed that away with Snake Eyes and Mission to Mars.
3: Mission to fucking Mars. Fucking Gary Sinise wearing eyeliner at one point in the film, and it's like, is that supposed? No, <laughs> he didn't have eyeliner and fucking fucking Forrest Gump. So it's just like what are they doing?
0: <laughs> I'm I'm embarrassed to say that I've never seen Dress to Kill. Oh really? I really. I it just and I just I was too young at the time and it, it just it slipped under the radar and I never went back to it. Hmm. I mean it was 19, 1980. I was only like 8 years old. I'm not or sure. 7 7 years old. I'm not watching Dress to Kill. I remember I remember hearing about it on like TV and stuff, but right. I was not given the opportunity to watch it at age 7.
3: So your favorite uh, De Palma film? You probably have to go *Phantom of the Paradise*.
0: Oh, uh, I, I, well, all right. Personal favorite? Like if I yes, *Phantom of the Paradise* is my personal favorite. It's I would say, uh, like, you know, I I could easily go with the, like *Untouchables*. You know, the, *The Scarface*. The ones that everybody goes to. But right. my personal favorite go-to De Palma film is *Phantom of the Paradise*. Yeah. Uh, my
3: my favorite go to is Scarface. I grew up on that movie. That was a film. Uh, some people might be surprised to know that I watched that I as am, a kid.
0: I'm surprised that you growing
3: did up with Wise Guys. I mean, came out in 19. 19- I love fucking love Wise Guys. <laughs> I have a I have a weakness, and my weakness is any film that takes place in New Jersey. Is I have to watch it.
0: Oh, like one for the money. Ah. E-
3: e- even one for the money. Uh, <laughs> if, if it takes place in Jersey, I, I, I am a sucker. I, I'm a true sucker for it. And Wise Guys takes place mostly in Newark, goes down the Garda State Parkway all the way to Atlantic City, where the film climaxes at the end. And even the fucking Meadowlands, where they make the horse the, the, at the races, the, at the Meadowlands Raceway, where they make the bet that gets them in trouble. It just, I love it. If it's if it's based in New Jersey, I I am, I'm a sucker for it. Quick so question. wise get wise guys, I love that movie.
0: Quick question for you: Did you ever get around to seeing The Black Dahlia?
3: No. Me neither. I heard, I've and heard I, ter- I, I've heard terrible things.
0: Yeah, I read the book, and just the fact that they, he was making it, I was like, nah, there's no way, there's no fucking way that you're you're gonna come close to the book. No, no, no. It, it, I mean, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll give you the Untouchables. You're not doing Black Dahlia.
3: Well, you know, it was I, interesting.
0: I almost what? think that, that was, like, the reason. It's like, oh, he did the Untouchables. Yeah, he does that time period. No, no. Uh-uh, not the same thing. Nah. Back
3: when, uh, when I was doing HSX on a regular basis, I had bought the stock for that uh, real cheap. I mean, we're talking, like, it wasn't even in the dollars. Right. It All was, right. like, 80 cents, 70 cents. And when that film actually ca- came to fruition... Because it was just, you know, it was in the uh, basically it was in the pending. You yeah, it's like this movie's, you know, been bought. It might right. be made. I made a shitload of money on
0: it. Since you had to mention that, I, I I'm gonna say right now that I, I looked last week at my HSX stock. Yeah. Which apparently it does great when I don't go in there and buy shit. Uh, and I had I bought way back when Doctor Strange for like a buck. Oh really? And now that Cumberbatch is doing it, and it's definitely coming out i i that's like i one hands over fist on that one gangbusters yeah but uh how, mu- how much money you got in there oh um hundreds it was, it was
3: over it was over 200 million
0: right uh, i think it's like 300 million wow
3: yeah last i looked i was i was like at around 200
0: i'll i'll, I'll check real quick since you asked me <laughs>
3: i haven't logged in in forever uh
0: 327 million yeah, no, I'm in the two
3: low 200s. Or I might even be in the high 100s, like 180, 190, something like
0: that. My, my biggest gains right now is I bought Justice League at $50 a share. That's up to 262 yeah. Uh Doctor Strange, I bought at it $2.81. It's up to 118 And And uh, San Andreas, I bought at it 5405 It's now 105
3: Based on Grand Theft Auto. Huh? Is it? Santa, San Andreas? No, oh,
0: no, that's a disaster film. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Different thing. And Deadpool, I bought at two sixty five. It's up to eighty.
3: Oh well, yeah, because that movie's actually being made now.
0: Yeah, and what's what's the number five? And it'll it'll be a
3: lot higher when they actually you know start to
0: shoot. And Wonder Woman, I bought at twenty one. It's at ninety four now because it looks like they might actually do it. Um, Uh, Yeah.
3: See, I don't know how strong of a movie it's going to be. They still might make it.
0: Uh, Now, uh, they really need to start putting out some strong female superhero films. It's really getting kind of creepy now. Come on, guys! Black Widow's the best you can fucking do. Really?
3: Well, I mean, they want to do it, but you know what? Wonder Woman probably shouldn't be the film to start doing it with.
0: W- w- where are you going to start?
3: She-Hulk? I mean, they tried Electra and that sucked.
0: Well, but that no, no. They tried Elektra back when they were still doing fucking Daredevil.
3: All right, e, that is be, a,
0: that's also true. You're talking two different eras. The Spider-Man. You, you can actually break the whole era of superhero films between the first Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, and what's-his-face Spider-Man?
3: Oh, that's like yeah, the, uh, Garfield. Garfield,
0: what's yeah, the f- whatever yeah. the fuck his name is. Those two eras, that's like... the the, the Tobey Maguire is, okay, they're finally taking superhero films seriously, still not doing them that well. By the time you get to Garfield, whatever the fuck, it's like, okay, we've got this down fucking pat, and if we make a bad superhero film like Thor, it's still going to make a shitload of money. So just yeah. watch. So now that they're in that phase... There's no reason why they can't do. Now they're gonna have. They're finally gonna have uh, um, Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad film. I heard. But uh, I mean, Wonder Woman, uh, Supergirl. Let's fucking reboot that shit, please. Well, it's DC, I know, but still. Uh, but yeah, why not Wonder Woman?
3: Did you hear that Spider-Man is gonna be in the new Captain America film?
0: I did not hear that.
3: They're merging uh, uni- Well, it's the same universe because it's Marvel. But Spider-Man was always its own thing, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, and they finally, with the last Spider-Man film not doing as well as they thought it was going to do, and they just they finally succumbed and said, listen, he needs to be part of the Marvel Universe. So they made you know, an agreement and he will now be in the new Captain America 3 film. So he will then be spawned uh, into future movies as well, I guess uh, Avengers then- films.
0: Well, and they're tying the Fantastic Four films. In. Now that Disney's got a hold of it, it's just fucking go for broke. Oh yeah. So why not do, uh, you know, why not get Wonder Woman? In the, I don't okay, get that's Marvel. I know, but still, what, else, what, what the fuck? What the fuck else is DC doing? They got to crank out Suicide Squad and Justice League. They need to compete with this. They need to get as much shit out there as possible. They need to be the first one out there with a strong female lead, major superhero film. What? What the? I mean. What other, what other strong female superhero films out there were there? Catwoman? What the fuck? Really? Oh, God, Catwoman. Catwoman, Elektra, uh, Supergirl, the first one, because uh, there hasn't been a second one. Go figure. Uh, what else am I missing? There, there really hasn't re- been any more. Right. And, and they're, they're all over the fucking comic books. Justice League, 50% of the fucking Justice League is women. Uh, I, I mean, the, the biggest problem is it's hard to do a female, a strong female character when they're wearing skin-tight outfits with their cleavage hanging out. Kind of hard to be a strong woman there and, and, and ignore the sexual... <laughs> and, and, you know, and um, it's unfair, but it's true. It's easier for a handsome guy to be t- taken seriously than it is for a hot woman to be taken seriously. Uh, and it's not right, but that's just the way the culture is because we suck as a race. So, you know, fucking put She-Hulk out there. Get Get Harley Quinn out there fucking whatever. Anything. Even... Uh, I mean, shit, the, the Catwoman and the new Batman. I was, oh, wow, Catwoman was great this time. Yep, where's her spinoff? Oh, well, no, I'm not going to bother. <laughs> the fuck?
3: But real well, quick... We'll see. I mean, you know, Justice League and like you said, Suicide Squad and the new Batman uh, versus Superman movie, which is being directed by Zack Snyder. Right. Uh, he's already slated to direct the Justice League movie. I yeah. mean, the, the Superman-Batman film... It's it's gonna be a fucking huge success, and if it's half as good as Man of Steel, which it's going to be, uh, they're moving in the right direction, slowly but surely, because they have to compete with Marvel.
0: Real quick, just because I gave all the highest grossing ones I made uh, had yeah. on H- HSX, uh, Justice League, I worth ten million now. My five worst ones, uh, Spider Man Six, ah. I bought it at one hundred seventy one. It's eighty eight. Jesus. X-Force? Yeah,
3: probably when they thought Toby Maguire was still going to be Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, pretty much. X-Force, remember uh, that comic book? Yep. $67, now down to 14 <laughs> World War Z-2, I saw that one coming. Bought it, <laughs> bought it at 89 dropped down to $38. Ooh. Um, but you know
3: what, they could always go back up. That movie looks like it could do a sequel.
0: Possibly. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I don't even know what the fuck that is, but I bought it at 117. It's down to 83. And then, you're going to love this one, National Treasure 3. <laughs> now, hey, in my defense...
3: those The first two films were huge successes.
0: Huge, both huge, shitty fucking films. Both huge successes. How? What was there to make me think there wouldn't be a successful third one? No, never happened. I bought it at $74. It's down to 10.
3: I still don't understand why the National Treasure movies were so popular.
0: I still don't understand why they didn't make a third one. Because they were so popular. I think it was
3: one of those things where they were popular, but people didn't know why.
0: I, I know exactly Even why. Even when
3: they were in the theater scene, it's like, why am I here I watching tell you, this?
0: I would tell you exactly why National Treasure is so popular. Fucking the movie that it's a ripoff of. What, Indiana Jones? No. the um, uh, Da Vinci That's- Code. Oh. Okay. Here, here, here's the deal I'm going to sum it up for you Da Vinci Code book comes out everyone loves the book book snobs say it's a stupid book movie comes out people want to be well, like the film it's too smart for your average audience National Treasure nice median it's not a smart movie but it has the same twists and turns as, as uh, Da Vinci Code doesn't pretend to be as smart <laughs> that's why it was oh look Here's a film uh, here's a film that doesn't pretend to teach me history and when it kind of does it's America. <laughs> so I can pretend I already knew America. Yeah. So, you know, that, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. So but but we went over and I apologize, but uh, That's okay. Uh, so uh, next episode we'll be reviewing the 1980 8198 eight, really straight 80 1980 yep. film uh, Times Square. That's right. Which I swear I did I did kind of half guess. I just couldn't think of the name. Uh, and okay. uh, I'll give you that. And and uh, after that, there will be a hiatus of a couple weeks. And we'll, when I come back from uh, Atlanta, uh, from yeah, from Atlanta and Vermont, we will do. Uh, I'm going to say right now. Let's just dive right into Scott versus Joey with fucking fifth t- element. Fifth element. <laughs> okay. I will have Look. my talking points ready. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Definitely.
3: If Mm -hmm. I can get my mouse cursor on the fucking screen...
0: Come on. Where's the mouse? I
3: I hate this trackpad. Where's the Uh, mouse? (laughs) Uh... Anyway. All right. Ending music is playing.
0: Yay!
3: All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Episode 168 of Movie Sucktastic, where we reviewed Phantom of the Paradise, 1974 Brian De Palma film. Uh... Go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. I am actually officially in the process of redoing our web page. Yay! All right. Um, You can go there and you can listen to the show live. You can download the shows if you want to listen to them later. You can watch the live stream right from the site. Uh, You can go to iTunes. Uh, You can download the show or listen to it there as well. Leave us reviews. We always appreciate it. You can also... Go to our Tumblr page at moviesucktastic.tumblr.com uh, You can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash You can uh, leave us voicemail 908-514-4470 908-514-4470 uh, The email address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com And most importantly is the free Android app for your smartphone or your tablet very important. And Fablet. Anything that oh, runs Android. Not
0: allowed. not allowed to say that word.
3: Okay. Uh, anything that runs an Android operating system, this app works for. It's 100% free. Everything I talked about is in there in a nice, tidy, neat package. Go ahead and download it. You won't be sorry. You okay?
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, a little too much gin in that one?
0: No such thing. No such thing. <laughs> gin, makes, gin makes a man mean.
3: That's right. God, I remember that from the old days. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, You have any words of wisdom?
0: Do I look like a kidder to you?
3: Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.